The following Dharma talk was presented at Common Ground Meditation Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota, as part of the weekly Dharma series. The speaker is Mark Nunberg, guiding teacher at Common Ground. So I mentioned earlier that I'll take uh, at least the last 15 minutes before we end at 9 to do the loving-kindness practice together. But that gives us some time now. It's uh, really useful to hear people check in. What have you been learning? What's been challenging? For those who weren't here last week, we dug in a little bit about what gets in the way of the continuity of mindfulness. So it would be good to report in what gets in the way of the continuity of present moment awareness. And then how do you relate to whatever it is you're finding getting in the way? And does it help? Checking in about attitudes you're noticing and that capacity for an attitude to shift, that we're not stuck with these that show up sometimes. And then finally, hopefully some of you have experimented with walking meditation. It'd be good for a couple of you, one of you at least, to just share a little bit about what that experience was like, what you learned in the walking meditation, what maybe was challenging in that. And uh, again, with this size group, it's really okay for people just to unmute themselves. And then if you don't mind, you can introduce yourself just say your first name for example so we know who's speaking and yeah and then just share your reflection or ask a question so who'd like to begin what have you been learning hi i have a comment or kind of a question um tonight i was challenged um for the first time with really difficult emotions coming up um, my chain of uh, thoughts that distracted me led me to um, a lot of sadness and despair. And that's really the first time um, since I've been taking this class with you that that's come up. And I'm wondering if you have any comments about that or if anyone does. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for your comment and question. Sadness and despair. And remember, and it's hard to believe, but it doesn't really matter what arises. Pleasant experience, unpleasant experience, neutral experience. When I say it doesn't matter, it doesn't mean we don't, clearly we have preferences, right, for more pleasant and less of the unpleasant. But in terms of what the practice looks like, it doesn't really matter. So when strong emotions of sadness and despair arise, you know, usually there's some content, some thinking, and then the underlying feeling, the emotional feeling that's going along with the thoughts or the mental images. But in its essence, it's this experience being known, being felt. Oh, it's really unpleasant. Okay this unpleasantness of sadness, unpleasantness of despair feels like this, looks like this. Is it safe to relax knowing that everything comes and goes? Is it okay to let this experience of despair show up now my body and my mind, my heart? 
do its dance, and then, as everything does, pass away. I mean, think about it. All of us, in our own way, you know, we've had really difficult in life, right? But then those moments arose, danced around, lasted for a while, and then they moved away. So this is the thing when we're sitting and restlessness comes up, or in this person's case, sadness comes up, joy might come up. We want to see it as a visitor. And like in this sort of situation, these visitors have rights to show up when they show up. Oh, look who's here. Sadness is here. Okay, what's it feel like? Oh, it feels like this. This is the feeling in the body. This is the quality in the mind. It feels like this. It's unpleasant. Oh, I really don't like this. I really want to run. Okay, so that's also happening in the moment. The not liking is happening. The wanting to bolt or the wanting to control it. Okay, I see that too. That feels like this. So however it unfolds, it's just the next phenomena to be known with awareness, with that loving, compassionate, patient, generous presence. And if the mind starts to get tired because unpleasant experiences coming up over and over again, then ask yourself, what else in the present moment, what else is here in the field of awareness that I could pay attention to where the awareness could be intimate. So maybe I can't be with the strong emotion of sadness. So I'm going to be aware of hearing because the sounds that I'm hearing in the room are very neutral. Like here in my case, the blower is on in the building. That's kind of just like white noise, right? So that's pretty neutral. So I can use that as a kind of meditation object okay, hearings like this, and because I'm really attentive to the hearing, I'm not paying attention to the sadness. So I'm getting a vacation from the heaviness, the unpleasantness of the sadness. And then maybe I'll do a touch and go. I'll turn my attention back to the sadness for a few breaths. Okay, breathing in. Oh yeah, sadness here, still here. It feels like this. Breathing out, oh yeah, sadness, just sadness. And then maybe go back to hearing or feel the whole body, right? So you don't always have to look at the most difficult, painful experience when the stability of awareness, when you have enough confidence, yeah, totally relax, allow it to be, even if it feels like it's going to kill you, okay? This restlessness feels like it's going to eat me up. won't so i'm just going to let it do what it does but when we don't have the confidence or when the mind starts to get tired and we don't have that stability that kind balanced stability of awareness then ask yourself what can i be present with now and then bring the attention there yeah thanks for the really good comment remember that technique i briefly mentioned it last week even if it's just for a moment or two, name it. Oh, sadness. So it's like a little whisper in your mind. You're not saying it out loud. Sadness is being felt. Sadness is being known. 
This is the experience of sadness. And that, that can really stabilize for a few seconds at least the mindful awareness with the, with the strong emotion. And then you'll know when you lose that stability, okay, what else can I be aware of? And you might need or want to turn away from the sadness for a while. And then do that. Thank you. That was very helpful. Thanks for your comment. How about somebody else? What else have you been learning? Or what's been challenging? What's felt like? I think that's a beautiful testimonial, Kabir. I appreciate your comments. And uh, and it's really true, you know, we we basically used whatever thing we needed to survive, you know, and if we had a lot of pain as a younger person, sometimes we just buried it, sometimes we acted it out, but we just, just did the best we could. And some of those things we did were not that skillful, but that was... That was the skill we had at the time. But now, you know, we have, like one of the things we do in the practice is we realize that when there's a strong emotion, there's often something quieter underneath it that's actually more important. Sometimes what seems really big is the anger, but under the anger is actually fear or a deep sense of woundedness, a real deep sadness or not a feeling of not belonging. So one of the things that this powerful stability of present moment awareness does, it really helps us see what's behind stuff, what needs attention, a kind of healing of the ancient wounds. And it's not even just the wounds from our own life. Sometimes they're ancestral wounds that we picked up from our ancestors, literally passed down generation by generation, pain, unresolved pain. Sometimes it's just the kind of broader community pain that we're just sensitive to and feeling. But we're, we're doing our best to uh, be responsible for whatever it is we're in touch with and needing it with love and meeting it with wisdom and meeting it with that stability of present moment awareness. Because that allows for the healing, allows for the the unwinding of what needs to be unwound. Yeah, appreciate your Would like to go next. We have time for maybe two more folks to share about what you've been learning or just questions that are emerging, comments you have. I can go. And, you know, one thing I don't emphasize that much, but it's, it's really an essential meditation skill, is uh, using a meditation object more specifically and in a more exclusive manner. So, and it doesn't even need to be in a formal meditation, but like even something as simple as like when I'm doing the dishes, I'm not worried, about, I'm not bringing to mind my relatives that are really struggling or my buddy who's really in a difficult place. I'm going to do these dishes and I'm just going to be 100% in the physical activity of touching and hearing and seeing. And in that way, for that 15 minutes of doing the dishes, I'm getting a vacation 
Now, it, these responsibilities are real, you know, when we're friends, when we're relatives and they're struggling, we need to be connected. We need to know what's going on with them. If it's appropriate, we need to respond and help them. But we don't need to hold it all day long. And this is the thing about, um, it's kind of a misunderstanding about compassion, like that we have to, like it's, uh, the confusion between compassion and empathy. Empathy is when, in a way, we're sympathetically vibrating with another person's suffering, right? I know that Frederick's hurting, and because I know Frederick, then I'm hurting. But compassion is really this enlivening wish. I see your suffering, I care about it, and I want your suffering to go away. And if there's something I can do, I'm going to do it. But it's really this empowering wish, may you be free from suffering. It isn't this empathetic um, co-suffering because you're suffering. And that's really important to, to experiment with, like with partners and even like a pet. Like if your dog is, you know, whatever, got a problem, digestive problem and just uncomfortable. Should you hurt? because your dog isn't feeling well? What would it be like to have a lot of compassion for the dog that's suffering really in pain and discomfort? A lot of, but to notice that that compassion you have actually feels good. It feels good to be compassionate. It's not a heavy state of mind to be compassionate. So the way to begin this is to remember that uh, with some humility that we may not completely understand what compassion is and that we tend to all drag each other down because we sympathetically uh, hurt when other people around us who we care about are hurting. And we really notice this with uh, partners. This has been such a powerful practice. My wife does a lot of this Buddhist meditation practice too. And we've learned over our 30 years of living together, you know, how to be very intimate when the other person is struggling and suffering without feeling like I also have to be suffering because my partner's suffering. And how I can actually show up better if I don't sympathetically suffer when she's suffering. So it takes some practice of, of really sensing. That's why we usually practice compassion where it's initially where it's really easy, where there is a little distance. So we can tune into how it's a beautiful emotion. Compassion is an enlivening emotion. We are aware of person's suffering or even our own suffering, but not presuming that we should get dragged down, that it should be a heavy state of mind because we care. Caring is a beautiful thing. Not wanting this, you know, this brings some injustice to mind that you're sensitive to for whatever reason. And, and that strong and clear sense, this is not okay. If there's anything I can do to alleviate this suffering, this oppression, I really want to do that. That's an uplifting 
quality in the heart. But it takes practice because we have that capacity for compassion, but we also have that capacity for empathy where we're kind of tuning into where that person's at and feeling the same thing. And that doesn't help that person. You know, like if we're with a person who's in the hospital and really in a difficult place and and freaking out because they're in a really difficult medical crisis, and then we start to freak out because we don't want them to be in a difficult medical crisis, how does our getting upset help them? What would be really good to do is model not freaking out. Like how to be really there, really understand the enormity of the medical crisis, but but really be established in this well-wish. If there's any way you can handle this, I can help you, you can help yourself, may that happen. May wisdom and love protect us here. And this is what we'll do now for the last 10 minutes before we end at 9. Let's do a little compassion practice because Frederick brought, brought it up. Remember, you could do any of the four emotions that are related to love, basic friendliness, compassion, appreciative joy, and equanimity. But I'll just go through some of the formal instructions. We'll do more of it for week six. We'll do it for about 15 minutes at the beginning of the sit next week. But please practice it at home. Use week five handout. The instructions are pretty straightforward. And you can go to dharmacy.org through the Comgron website. You can get lots of guided loving kindness or compassion meditations to support you so you get some experience. But in any case, just sit comfortably as best you can. You can close your eyes. And we're going to begin by just bringing some compassion to this body, which is often a relatively easy place to begin. Because it's not easy for a body to be a body. So many challenges, including the gene process itself. And so we just realize the simple truth. It's not easy being a body. And I care. I care about the vulnerability of this body and the wounds, the injuries, the weaknesses. And I care enough about this body to wish well. This beautiful, generous wish. May this body be at ease. May wisdom and love protect this body. May this body be healthy. And may it take care of itself as it navigates its life. So we're just opening to the body and we're bringing to mind, we're realizing the very natural fragility of this body, this aging body, this tender body. And we're letting the heart be moved. I do care about this body. May wisdom and love protect this body always. 
And may this body be healthy and at ease. I care about my heart right here, this tender heart that feels things deeply, this heart that's felt pain, the pain of loss, sometimes the pain of humiliation, the pain of insecurity. I deeply care about this tender and vulnerable heart and mind right here. And I care enough to wish well for myself. May the deepest wisdom and love protect this sensitive heart and mind. May I navigate my life with wisdom and with kindness, forgiveness. May I find my way with ease. And then bring to mind somebody you know reasonably well who's having a hard time right now. Maybe not the person who's having the most difficulty in your life, but just somebody, a dear friend, for example, who's got some struggles. Just realize that, yep, it's not easy, human being. And I, I hear you, I see you, and I know that it's not easy for you also being a human being. And that sometimes you really hurt or things are scary. And I care about that. And I'm not afraid of your suffering. I'm willing to be here right now with your suffering and with this beautiful wish. May your deepest wisdom, your capacity for love may protect you as you take care of your life as best you can. May the deepest wisdom and love protect you always. And may you find your way in your life. May you live your life with ease and skill. And all the beings on this planet, human beings and other creatures, There's so much suffering, so much loss, so much oppression, people and other creatures being taken advantage of. And just in our own ways, it may be a very particular image, more general image, but just acknowledging the enormity of suffering close to home, far away, I care about the great fragility of life, the great vulnerability. And I care enough to do my best to be right in the middle, to have a very honest awareness of the truth of suffering and to let my heart break a little with love and compassion and the deep and beautiful wish May love and wisdom protect us all. May love and wisdom guide us as we live our lives as best we can. May we all find our way toward the release of stress, the release of suffering, 
May we all be at ease in this changing, unpredictable world. May we all live with ease. And just for another minute or two, just feeling this tender-heartedness, like a beautiful warm light spreading, expanding. I care about suffering. Care enough to offer this simple wish. May all beings be free from suffering and free from the causes of suffering. May all beings be at ease. And when you practice the compassion or loving kindness, some people like to put their hand in their heart just to feel that emotional heart energy really accessing it. And remember, there's a lot of room for creativity in these four, they're called the divine abodes, these four emotions that the Buddha said is all we need as an emotional being. We just need kindness, compassion, the capacity to appreciate, and equanimity. So see if that's true. We have this week to check it out. Please do your best to join again for week six. I know it's not always easy, but really commit to giving yourself these six weeks to deepen, check out the practice, and uh, hope to see you then. Take care, everybody. Thanks for coming tonight. This talk, like all programs at Common Ground, is offered freely in the spirit of generosity. To learn more about Common Ground and its programs, or if you would like to donate, please visit our website, www.commongroundmeditation.org. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.